money, money, money. You think about money, you work for money, you save money, you spend money, you tithe your money, you stress over money. Even though money isn't an essential thing in your life, a significant portion of your life will revolve around earning, saving, giving, and spending money. So your relationship with money isn't something you can just brush aside as unspiritual or unnecessary. My name is Mike O'Kelly, and I'm the Executive Director of the Methodist Foundation of North Alabama. And this week, I want to share with you some thoughts on money, finances, and prayer. What is money? In short, money is a medium of exchange. It's an agreed upon item you can use to make a purchase, trade, or pay off a debt. What's more, the use of money makes it a whole lot easier to get what you need instead of having to swap your pet dog for a box of cereal. Money doesn't have a life. It cannot act on its own. It cannot do good deeds. It cannot commit crimes. Basically, it's neither good nor bad. No matter how many Bible verses about money there is, money is not the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. 1 Timothy 6.10 how many Bible verses about money are there? Actually, the Bible is packed with over 2,000 scriptures about money, tithing in the Bible, and possessions. That's twice as many Bible verses about money than faith and prayer combined. Why does the church talk so much about money? Well, there are two good reasons, I think, why the church talks so often about money. First, the reason the church talks about money is because God talks about money. Think of these statistics on verses about money in the Bible. 16 out of 38 of Jesus' parables deal with money and possessions. Nearly 25% of Jesus' words in the New Testament deal with biblical stewardship. One out of 10 verses in the Gospels deal with money. There are more than 2,000 scriptures on tithing, money, and possessions, which is twice as many as faith and prayer combined. When it comes to money, we will either worship wealth or worship with our wealth. Listen to that again. When it comes to money, we will either worship wealth or worship with our wealth. There's a big difference between the two. There's a good chance that most of us have or have had financial debt. How can I make such a bold statement? Simple. According to research, total household debt in the United States in 2018 was $13.15 trillion. So there's a good chance that you have some debt. Since debt is so common in the United States and is the leading cause of financial stress, it's essential to get God's perspective on debt 
so that you can best manage your resources. Deuteronomy 28.12 says, The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the works of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. We're prone to worry about money, which makes perfect sense. From the increase in the cost of living, taking on too much debt, to unexpected expenses, there are a ton of reasons why we may feel anxious about our financial situation. Naturally, to resolve our situation, the first thing many of us do, including myself, is to think about making more money. If I could only get a raise, it would be awesome if I scored that great promotion. However, acquiring more money may not fix your financial problems. According to Richard Watts, the author of Fables of Fortune, more money may actually cause you more problems. God has something to say about our money from the various Bible verses about money trouble. He says, God will provide for you. God is aware of your financial situation. God will forgive you if you've made sinful financial choices. God doesn't want you to worry about money. God wants you to know that life is more about your relationship to God. God wants you to seek first to follow Him before you go after more money. Today, if you're stressed about your financial situation, listen to this Bible verse and take a break to pray. Philippians 4.6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. God cares about your daily necessities of life, food, clothing, and shelter. He promises to provide these and add many other blessings if you will pray and ask Him as you also follow Him with your life. In the article, Can God Answer Prayer for Financial Needs by Dale Robbins, Robbins offers five principles to obtain God's help in meeting your financial and material needs. First is to seek Him first. Seek God first. Jesus gave a very simple explanation of how to obtain God's help in meeting your needs. From His Sermon on the Mount, He said, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Matthew 6, 31 through 33. When followers of Christ have needs, they don't have to share the same sense of worry or despair as the unbelieving world. 
Jesus explained that those who put their faith in God and who will look to him and his values as their highest priorities, the Lord will make sure that their needs are added to their life. To seek first his kingdom and righteousness means to make it our highest goal to pursue a relationship with God, to seek after his spiritual values, to reach toward a lifestyle of obedience and faithfulness to those things that please him. This kind of person makes Jesus the Lord of their life with the objective of honoring him in everything they do or say. And if they make mistakes, they repent of their sins, get back up, and continue walking with the Lord. Such followers of the Lord will often see provisions and blessings to their life even before they ask. And when they pray and ask God for his help, he will assuredly respond and bless them. As David stated in his psalm, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Psalm 37:25. The second principle that Robbins mentioned was to work diligently. Even though the Lord promises to meet your needs, this doesn't mean that he exempts us from toil or labor. The Lord expects all able-bodied persons to work. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 and expects us to perform our task with diligence and excellence. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. The Lord blesses strong worth ethics and will bless the fruit of our labors so we can provide for our family. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Psalm 128, 1-2. But how can God's work ethics be honored if you don't have a job? While you're praying and seeking employment, give yourself to volunteering at your church or performing acts of kindness or giving assistance to the needy. The basic message here is even if you're temporarily without an earthly employer, God still blesses the principle of hard work. Until you find employment, look to him as your employer. Give your time and labor to him and even after you have a job, keep looking to him as the one you're working for, the real source of your provisions and needs. One of the great truths of scripture is to realize that the Lord, not man, is our provider. As a matter of fact, one of the names used for God in the Old Testament is Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord who provides. And if you look to him as your provider and honor him in faith and obedience, he will do exactly that. Psalm 34.10 says, Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. The third principle is to honor God with your first fruits. Honoring the Lord with the first fruits of our increase is another aspect of putting Christ first in our lives. 
Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Proverbs 3 9. This is also referred to as the tithe or the first 10% of our income. God promises to pour out blessings to those who honor him in this principle. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. The Lord also promises to bring abundant blessings back to those who give offerings or gifts in his name. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Luke 6:38. Giving to the church and the Lord's work is vitally important. But as God prospers us, he also looks for us to use our blessings to help those who are less fortunate and promises to prosper those who are generous to the poor. Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. Proverbs 28, 27. In fact, the scriptures say that when you help the poor, you lend to the Lord, and who will repay you? Proverbs 19:17 says, If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. The fourth principle is to be a good steward. It's also important to be a good steward of what God gives you. Stewardship basically refers to the efficient management of resources, and since everything you have comes from God, He wants you to use what He gives you wisely. That means that He wants you to be faithful in giving to His work, contributing to the needs of the poor, but also wants you to be prudent with how you use all your resources. He wants you to live frugally within your means and not to be wasteful or get caught up in reckless spending or debt that can end up owning you. Psalm 37:21 says, The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. This is important to remember. Regardless of how much God blesses a person, it's always possible to outspend the blessings of God. On many occasions, I've seen people come into wealth, perhaps from an inheritance, only to watch them quickly squander it away and then have to struggle for survival again. This kind of careless attitude with money will likely guarantee a person's continued state of poverty, regardless of how much money they earn or receive. The Lord can meet our needs by a variety of ways, but he often does so by blessing and stretching your basic earnings or adding to what you already have, like the miracle of the fish and loaves in Matthew 14, 13 through 21. If you honor him and his principles as we've described, he will make sure that your dollar goes farther and you'll be surprised by the discounts, deals, bonuses, and refunds that come your way.
Proverbs 28.20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings. If you make mistakes with the way you handle money, ask his forgiveness and start over. The fifth principle is to pray in faith. Whenever a person's life pleases the Lord, he can be assured that the Lord will hear and answer his prayers to meet his needs. 1 John 3.22 says, And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. God can meet our needs in a variety of ways. He can provide a job and bless our labors with increase, or he may send blessing from an entirely unexpected source. This is how he provided for George Mueller's orphanage ministry generations ago in Bristol, England. I read a story about Mueller. It said he was an astonishing man of prayer and faith who fed and educated multitudes of children without any other support than prayer. He operated his ministry entirely by faith, standing solely on God's promises as described by the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In one instance, a day came that Mueller's orphanage had run entirely out of food. As mealtime approached, Mueller assembled his 300 children before empty plates at the dining tables. He led them in prayer, thanking God in faith for the food he believed the Lord would provide. And within moments came a knock at the door from a baker who had surplus loaves of bread he wanted to donate. And after that, a milkman dropped by with gallons of fresh milk to contribute. This miracle of God's provision was typical to the daily ministry of George Mueller, who during his life fed and cared for more than 10,000 orphans, raising up 117 schools and providing Christian education for over 120,000 children. Follow the patterns and principles we've talked about here, and if provision doesn't come immediately, keep praying and trusting God until it does. God is faithful, his word is true, and he will honor the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus. Matthew 7 says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So it's important that we pray. Trust God's plan for you. Ask to be blessed with his abundance and directions for your finances. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, help me to leave my financial worries in your hands. Keep me mindful of my blessings no matter how much 
or how little I may have. Grant me the patience and tolerance necessary to calm my spirit, knowing that you have everything under control. In Jesus' name, Amen.